Dejeuner was really wanting to hear kind of my bio. Uh, I, I wish I had just gone on and kind of told her who I covered, what, where I went after that, all the different stops I've had. <laughs> now, Dejeuner, I'm here with you, ESPN Central Texas. I was a national these... ESPN.com reporter for a while. <laughs> went to Fox. Did Still some things with Texas Fox Monthly. Sometimes. Yeah, wrote for Texas Monthly. I've had a lot of, lot of turns, a lot of twists and turns in this career. But, Stephen, I'm very happy to, uh, to be with you at this point in my career and uh, the two of us doing our thing. And uh, so proud, so proud to be associated. Our presenting sponsor, Central National Bank, the most talented, the most creative bankers really in the state of Texas. And, uh, Stephen, they heard us yesterday, and they said that uh, do the you, you referenced a private plane that they use. And uh, they, they said, hey, these, these guys still keep it. They, they don't want anybody to know how they roll, you know. So they, they said no private plane yet. Okay, so they're, <laughs> they, uh, they, they're listening and always. It makes me nervous to know they're out there. Brian marks it up it's like Mosley. Mosley in the 120 segment he went <laughs> went the wrong direction. At 3520 today, <laughs> you said this. Mm-hmm. That was wrong. Yeah, that was mostly made a bad banking point. You, it, it's not how you do the interest. Okay, it is uh, Mosley and Simcox on a very important day. It's Friday, and we're getting ready for a uh, big weekend. Lady Bears, men's program. Steve, we got banners to be raised, another conference title. Both programs get the conference title for the first time, and that really hadn't happened, Stephen, has it, since a women's and men's program that I think, did they say 24 years ago or something, maybe like 1997? Who would that about? No. Is that 19, I'm not doing my math. Or maybe I am doing my math right. Some Something like that. I had just gotten out of college. I was in law school at the time dating the fair Meredith, who I would later marry. All right, Stephen, uh, it's going to be a fun show today because we've, at 120, we got a lot of quarterback things to get into. And then the latest on Les Miles, that sordid story coming out of LSU. I, I, I'm i going to provide some perspective on this thing because it, it's, a, it's a story that has been known to a lot of people for about seven or eight years. Stephen, the world we live in now, though, it really doesn't matter. Time is a flat circle. What's that true? What was that? What was that story? What was that uh, movie on HBO or the t- show Detectives, True Detective, or whatever? They talked about that. Time is a flat circle, and what happens is, Stephen, even if something's kind of buried and nobody knows about it, and every—I mean, a lot of people know about it, but it just never comes to public. You, that doesn't mean it can't come back to haunt you. And some of these things are coming back to haunt. Less miles, and we will see if he's able to keep his job at Kansas. Stephen, wouldn't that be, I mean, because really the world, if we're going to be honest, the world does not care about Kansas football. They, they care about LSU football and things that happen at LSU. Uh, we can get into that a little bit at 120. This is kind of a sordid story. Stephen, I just, just right before I came on, a buddy of mine called back. And he was a long-time, big-time uh, player in the Big 12. Played for Shelby Metcalf in the late 60s and then went on to become big-time in the Big 12. He was like uh, in charge of, of 
basketball, men's basketball, for years and years under all these different AD, uh, all these different commissioners, and of course the latest one being Bowlesby. Well, <clears throat> recently John Underwood retired, and so I called him today, Stephen. And of course he calls me back like thirty seconds before we're coming on. But what I wanted to know, there was a call last night. He part of his what he did, he was over like the Big 12 officiating. They all reported to him, so he had to kind of oversee all of that. And, of course, from time to time, there would be bad calls, and I'd call John and go, what's going on here? And he'd say, Mosley, I can't comment on that, but here, here's what I, I can tell you on this. Last night, Stephen, late in that game, Oklahoma State had made a good run, but the game was pretty much over. There was a loose ball, and Cade Cunningham, the star player for Oklahoma State, and I'm sure Vital, maybe Butler, one of those guys was involved in this in this scrum, and they're fighting for a loose ball with like 45 seconds left in the game, and all of a sudden there's just a whistle, and you're like, okay, are they going to call a jump ball? What's the call? Nobody's got the ball. They're just on the floor trying to get a loose ball, and the official whistles. I mean, think about this, Steve. Think if this had been like a one-point game and he did this. Okay, it was like a six- or seven-point game, so it didn't end up being a huge deal. But to me, it's the craziest call I've seen in a while. The, the official stops the action and goes, injury timeout. What? What? what are you, wait, what are you talking about? There's a ball loose on the floor, and the injured guy's fighting for the ball. Well, it's like, hey, okay, cutting the greatest player, you know, the number one overall pick. We're just going to call an injury timeout. And, again, I, Stephen, I don't want this to come off as – and I did this on Twitter. I I was very concerned about Cade Cunningham's ankle, and I think he's going to be okay. We'll just see if he's available. they got a game coming up. they got to play another game this weekend. But you can't call a timeout during a – you can't call an injury timeout when two dudes are fighting for a basketball. I, I don't – it's it is it maybe there's a rule and and that's what I was going to ask Underwood about is is maybe there's a rule in place but Stephen were you, did you see it and and are you like me did were, was that did that just I mean I last time I'm trying to ask uh, Scott Drew about it you know Scott's smart enough not to engage with me on officiating kind of things but I I don't I don't I I I don't think I've ever seen it during a live ball, an injury timeout, and one of the guys fighting for it is one of the guys injured. I, here's what only thing I can guess is that the referee saw Cunningham sort of turn his ankle and just thought, man, this is bad enough that I just need to stop it. But I swear, if that had happened and it's a, it's a two- or three-point game, that would have been insane that was I just thought it was a bad call and I, I don't know if we've got a new wave of big 12 officials I think it's because John Underwood Stephen has retired there's not as good an oversight but I'm seeing some weird things this year yeah I saw it but I had the TV on mute because I was here listening to the radio broadcast so initially when I saw the exchange I thought they had called a foul on Davion so I didn't really like it didn't click in my head what had gone down. I just thought they got tangled up. They called a foul on Davion and it was a dead ball. And it wasn't until like I tuned back into what JMO was saying that I heard it was an injury timeout. And again, it wasn't something that clicked immediately for me, but I got on Twitter and saw everybody going crazy. And no, I haven't seen anything like that. Once people mentioned it, 
That's not common. Sometimes you see a team take a timeout if they notice that their guy has gone down. But or if it, they have possession of the ball. You yeah, have they have to possession have possession of the ball, of the ball to, to call to a timeout. To take a timeout, yeah. Coach can't call the timeout where the ball's still loose. Sure. I mean, it's just everything yeah. about it was just strange to me. Now, did I jinx it last night? Some people were kind of coming at me. Uh, I thought it was a big story in the first half that either because of his poor shooting or – I would think because of Baylor's defense, Cade Cunningham, All-American from OSU, wasn't doing anything. I mean, he was he was he was pulling a vanishing act. I think he had four points at the half. He had nothing going, and I didn't. I thought the announcers were just kind of letting him skate. It was like they finally came back after halftime and mentioned it. Hey, Cade Cunningham had a rough half. I mean, we're so busy trying to. Uh, trying to praise him as the next great thing, and he may be. I mean, I love the kid. He's a great player. But you have to, if you're calling a game, you've got to say, well, the guy had four points in the first half. Now, he got 20 in the second half. He went off. He was hard. He was pulling up from three. Now, they got within four. Baylor has a good, I thought that was great for Baylor. I really do. I mean, people say, why, why do you think losing a lead is great? I think what you call game pressure is good for this team right now. This team went a long time, blowing everybody out. Then they had that Iowa State weirdness. They had to come back and get that one. They couldn't do it against Kansas. They get beat finally. So I don't think it was all bad that that OSU had a run. OSU's a good team. they got good coach, Boynton. They're an athletic. I love Anderson. I like Moncrief a lot. I like that Caleb Boone. I haven't seen it. Likely is either hurt or I don't know if he's in protocol, Stephen. You may know that. I don't know why uh, Likely hasn't been playing because he's a pretty good player. No, he has a good... wrist wrist injury. That's why he's okay. out. Okay, wrist injury for, uh, for Likely. All right, we do have, I want to remind you, the athletic director of Baylor, um, Mac Rhodes, is going to join us at 140, so about 20 minutes away from talking to Mac Rhodes. Steven, I, I thought last night, good, balanced attack. Maceo's doing his thing. Uh, Mitchell is the best defender on the in the country. Let's just take on ball away. Just flat out the best. He was he would every once in a while have to get on Moncrief or Boone or one of those big dudes, six seven, six eight, long. And, and just he would just he he's so his base is so strong, they couldn't move him. And then one time I loved it in the second half. Now, again, can Vital guard Cade Cunningham one-on-one? Not always. Cade Cunningham's the the best pro prospect in the country. Okay, it's not always going to happen. But he gives – one time Cade was trying to post him up, and Mark somehow got under him, and and that 6'5 kid or 6'4, whatever Mark is, he pushed Cade out to, like, the three-point line. It was like Cade could not get a base on him. I loved it. I love seeing him shove him right out there. He's like, okay, I know your hot stuff, but I'm going to push you right on out to the perimeter. That's good. That's good. And then Chachua got some good experience. You know, he, he went out there, and, and really, Chachua is not a bad one-on-one defender. I mean, he, I, I, I did not – there are times I see – I know he's athletic. I know he's strong. But there's times I see him. Now, can Meyer guard Cade Cunningham one-on-one? No. But that's why you have Chachwa. That's why you have Bidel. You have helpers. Okay? You can't – Meyer can't do that. But what he can do 
is pull up, hit threes. Nobody can stop him. He can take everybody off the dribble. He's not scared. He can score on the baseline. He can score on alley-oops. I mean, our buddy that we have, Steve, did you like that? Did you see all those people tweeting? Matt Myers said that he he told the coaches he was upset. He was upset after the Kansas game, and then they left him in, and he was grateful. Well, that's the stuff. He was on with us two days ago telling us all that. That was a that was on Mosley and Simcox. I, I swear everybody was acting like last night. Oh my God! Look what, look what Meyer said. Well, yeah, he said it to us two days ago. Whatever. Um, that Stephen Meyer's mullet is looking good, and he's got like a racing stripe. Did you see the racing? He had like stripe lightning in it? bolts in it last night. Yeah, looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I mean, his game. We talked with him the other day, though. Overall. Man, he's so good, they can't get him off the court. I mean, have you noticed that lately, Steven? I mean, he, when he gets rolling, it's just he's a, he's right up there with Maceo and Jared and Davion. I mean, it's like having four stone-cold scorers and closers on the court. I mean, it, it's hard to get. They used to kind of say, well, we can't play Meyer in the last two or three minutes. I don't know. Now it's like we've got to have Meyer out there. I mean, he's going to hit a three. He's going to do something. You live with the occasional bobble or the wildness. You live with that when you got a stone cold killer like Matt Meyer. No, I'd agree with that. And yeah, he. I mean, when he's on, when he's shooting well, and there's so many different facets to his game now because he can get to the rim, um, he can use his size down in the paint, or he can step out and shoot the three. There's not a more ver- – like, I don't know if there's another player on the team that can score at all three levels like him. Butler can, but he kind of does it in a different way. Uh, but he is so good that you have to keep him in the, in the game. And I think it'll be interesting to see down the stretch here kind of what that crunch time lineup looks like and if it includes him because of his ability uh, to just kind of score on anybody. And when you have other players in the game like Butler and Mitchell, the attention is going to go to those guys. All right, Stephen, we need to – we need to, uh, and I agree, I agree with what you just said. I – we need to, uh, uh, before we talk to Mac Rhodes, get into a little bit of this, because uh, it is a Big 12-type story. It's connected since he's a head coach now in the Big 12. Let's take a little peek at Les Miles. And let's also, Stephen, uh, there's a there's somebody that's picking up a ton of buzz in the NFL draft all of a sudden. And it's not a name we've been talking about as much, but he is really generating a lot of buzz would the cowboys be interested in this player we discuss next nobody has a better selection of light and heavy duty ram pickup trucks than cameron autoplex where they say it's always cheaper in cameron this is a fox 44 weather update i'm chief meteorologist mike lapointe clearing skies in very warm conditions today highs top out at 76 degrees becoming mostly cloudy tonight we drop to 47 and your weekend forecast looks great mostly sunny on saturday 64 and mostly sunny on sunday and 69 join me every weeknight during fox 44 news at 5:36 and 9 for your forecast first plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather Recently on Game Time. Hey, Josh, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Can you identify a weakness with this program? No, there's no weakness. And, and their ability, they're like another one of those teams that is able to address whatever type of game they're playing, whatever type of team they're playing, and they can find a way to win. They beat teams like Texas. They beat teams, you know, uh, like at Kansas, you know, low-scoring teams, high-scoring teams all over the map, and Baylor's always found ways to get the job done. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. 
Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. All right, this is really important to me. I want you to listen up to this. This is about uh, Cooper Complete supplements. Uh, We just do not get enough uh, fish in our diet uh, containing omega-3s to help improve heart health. We just had Heart Health Month in February Studies show that omega-3 acids can decrease your risk for heart disease and heart attack. And I tell you what, I, the multivitamin I take, the omega-3s I take, it's Cooper Complete, all right, uh, backed by Cooper Clinic physician and founder, Dr. Kenneth Cooper. He just turned 90 years old. He lives what he does, and that's why he's still in great shape, works out every single day at age 90. Pretty awesome. 10% off your purchase of advanced omega-3 plus get free shipping with any purchase of $60 or more. Here's how you do it. Uh, go to coopercomplete.com. Okay. Just coopercomplete.com and use the code Baylor 10. All right. That's B-A-Y-L-O-R 10. B-A-Y-L-O-R 1-0. Why not take care of your heart health and uh, support your heart health with Cooper Complete Advanced Omega-3. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weich with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. A six-run fifth inning pushes Baylor softball to an 8-1 win last night over Louisiana. Bears face Tarleton tomorrow at noon. Number three Bears got the win last night at the Farrell Center, 81-70 over number 17 Oklahoma State. Number 18 Texas Tech will come in Saturday to close out the regular season. Tip is at 3 o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor baseball tonight on ESPN Central Texas as the Bears face off against Memphis. UMHB women hold off Sol Ross last night, 69-63, and the crew men get their 12th straight victory beating the Lobos 95-71. UMHB football back in action tomorrow at East Texas Baptist University. Pre-game starts at 12.30 on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Mosley, Simcox. We are getting you ready. Uh, 140, we've got the uh, athletic director for Baylor, Mac Rhodes. All the big names always on the 1 o'clock program. Mosley and Simcox. 
just loaded down and uh, a good, a really good Friday. Uh, Stephen, I'm going to head out to Denton, Denton tonight to support another Baylor Bear, my old fraternity brother, Grant McCaslin, the head coach at University of North Texas. I'm going to go to the Super Pit and watch them play UAB. I believe the Blazers are headed to town, coached by Andy Kennedy. Stephen, does that ring a bell at all? Andy Kennedy. Andy Kennedy. He uh. was... Uh, he was a big-time coach at Ole Miss, had them rolling. Okay. I'd have to wonder if Andy – Pat Kennedy, I think, was the guy who used to coach at Florida State. Andy Kennedy was Ole Miss, had a little something happen there, but he's at UAB now, and they used to be great with uh, Coach Bartow, Gene Bartow back in the day. Golly, UAB was great. I think they were the Blazers or something like that. Anyway, they're coming to town, and this is like uh, to win their side of the division – this is big. Cannot wait to see it. And uh, going to go out to Super Pit and watch that, Stephen, and celebrate Coach McCaslin. And then a kid, Stephen, uh, you, I've told that story on, on, on air, but J.J. Uh, Murray, who I taught Sunday school when he was three years old, and now he is one of the star reserves for UNT. First guy off the bench comes in, walked on there, and then earned himself a scholarship. So, Stephen, i, I got to go find some UNT gear. I've got all Baylor gear. Mainly given to me, passed down by uh, uh, by John Morris. Some people give their clothes, Stephen, to Goodwill and other really cool things. Uh, John Morris gives his to Mosley. <laughs> it's kind of a Goodwill, I think. <laughs> no, uh, Charity still. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. Mosley. Remember that one time, though, he had some stuff waiting on me? God, some beautiful stuff, some pullovers and stuff I was really excited about. And somebody at the station grabbed them. Oh, I'm still mad about that. I think we knew it, Stephen, when Gary, the owner, Gary Moss, showed up in a Baylor pullover. We knew what had happened. <laughs> <laughs> somebody found no. him. Somebody cut off, come off at the pass there. No, no. Gary is always in those Western shirts. He's got the, he's got the button down. He wouldn't wear anything Baylor. Uh, Stephen, it is uh, – Man, I hate this story for Les, Les Miles. It's a it's an ugly one uh, coming out of LSU. And, man, they kept this thing uh, under lock and key for several years. This thing happened back in, I believe, 2013, and now it's come to light. And I don't know, Kansas is waiting. You always never know, Steve. You don't want to hear this as a coach. When, you, when the place where you are says, we're going to wait and review all the documents. And, Stephen, this other document is supposed to hit today, another LSU thing. And this goes back, I don't want to get too far into it, but Les had some stuff going on, and and, uh, he's accused of making some young women feel uncomfortable, some co-eds there at LSU. And it's just a uh, kind of like a one-on-one situation and drove them around town. And it's not – you know, there are different levels of things that are going on. It's just, I would say, Stephen, they tried to keep this thing under lock and key. It looks like the old AD, Joe Aleva, recommended to fire him for this back in 2013. It's basically inappropriate behavior. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's what a coach who's in his 50s at the time, you know, should not be doing with young co-eds at the school in a position of power and one of them came over under the guise of babysitting, allegedly, and then and then um, 
and they alleged one of the uh, women alleged that he kissed them twice, uh, and he has denied that he did that. He said he was mentoring these young ladies. That sounds pretty like a pretty pitiful excuse, I would say, Stephen. But it's not. It doesn't look great. For less, but what LSU fought USA Today on putting this out there. Now, Stephen, bring us up to date on the latest coming out of Baton Rouge. There was a there was one today that was kind of interesting. There was that tweet you were telling me about that that's kind of trying to bring things up. There's another report coming out today. Again, this was suppressed, and then it looks like what happened is Les Miles said, "You know what? Let's just let this stuff come out." And I think the facts will clear my name. Now, I don't exactly think that's what's happening here. The facts show that Les, at best, used extremely poor judgment. At worst, took advantage of his uh, position of power and put some young ladies in a tough situation. Now, they also say that he was saying that the representatives or recruiters that they would bring in for the, 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 the to host recruits. Okay, the young ladies that do that, Stephen that he was saying he needed to be blonde and attractive and all this. Now, is every other school over the years wanted their, you know, their, their, their recruiting young ladies to be attractive? You bet. You bet. So, But now he has this in print. Somebody's alleging this or whatever. So in the yeah. light of where we are right now, all this stuff can be held against him. What is this newest tweet? that uh, has come out uh, that you were telling me about earlier today. So this is from Brody Miller, who uh, covers LSU for The Athletic. And this is an email that was obtained. It's from Joe Oliva, who is the former athletic director at LSU. When he was the athletic director there in 2013, he sent this on June 21st, 2013, to counsel and incoming LSU president F. King Alexander. Uh, Bob and King, thanks for the call today. One more time, I want us to think about which scenario was worse for LSU explaining why we let him go or explaining why we let him say or explaining why we let him stay. I always believe people are innocent until proven guilty, but in this case, I believe he's guilty of insubordination and appropriate behavior, putting the university athletic department and football program at great risk. I think we have cause. I specifically told him not to text call or be alone with any, any student workers. And he obviously didn't listen. Um, and then he went on to recommend they fire less miles and said the court of public opinion would favor us. This is the former, yeah, well, I don't know, Stephen. LSU at that time had, had won a national title, had played for another. They were still really good back in 2013, so I'm not sure what the court of opinion. When they fired him in 2016, they were 2-2, two and two, and the court of opinion was on his side for firing them. So it's really interesting that Oliva said that. It really sounds like right now he's leaking stuff to try to clear his name, his legacy. Stephen, I smell a rat here. This seems like LSU. Now, they fought it on Les' behalf, but then when this thing comes out now, what I've what I've kind of thought in this experience is some of this stuff was getting put on Orgeron. I think what LSU is going to do here is say, listen, this what all the stuff that has happened, what we've been accused of, this was sort of put in place, and we had to deal with this. And Orgeron was a was an interim coach, and it's really not his fault. Some of this stuff might have happened on Orgeron's fault, but it was set in motion with the previous administration. All right, this is, to me, feels like a little bit of a tactic 
uh, by LSU in trying to put a little bit of this on Les Miles. Unfair? Maybe. Did Les Miles act inappropriately? Yes. Absolutely. Should he have lost his job? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, have times changed? Has the Me Too movement, I mean, have, have, have things changed? Do, do we look at these things differently? Do sports writers immediately, when these things happen, are a little more aggressive in saying, hey, this guy should be fired. He should not have done this and everything. I, I think Les Miles was probably so popular back then, and he's so folksy that LSU did agree to step in and fight on his behalf in this lawsuit. Now, I've watched a lot of this happen with Baylor. We know it all too well. Uh, Baylor alums, Baylor administration, they have been down this road, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's hard. Sometimes when these things start happening, it then becomes unlikely that Les Miles keeps his job at Kansas. Is it fair? I don't know. I don't know. To go all the way back to 2013, a story that it was never really going to come to light, but USA Today fought for it. He acted inappropriately with undergraduates or with co-eds. I don't know. Steven, in your mind, should Les Miles be fired at Kansas, or are we just in that, in that mode right now of our, our gut reaction is to fire everyone? Is there any nuance here where you say, hey, Les, Les made poor judgment, but he didn't do it at Kansas. Now, we already know, apparently, that Jeff Long at Kansas, um, I, I say we already know this, there is thought that he was aware of kind of some of the stuff that had happened and some allegations and all that. But we know, Stephen, when this thing comes to light, people behave differently. Well, yeah, we might have known, but now that we think about this, maybe we should fire him. Stephen, the problem is, for Kansas, is this. People don't care about Kansas. So whether he stays or goes, now people care about LSU. And they also care about the mistreatment uh, and the inappropriate behavior toward women. So is something like this that happened in 2013, I'll ask you, um, I think he's probably going to end up getting fired here. Do you think that's fair? Yes, because, well, so here's what I think Kansas is going to do. I think they're going to fire him because you just said it. Like, okay, whether or not Jeff Long knew this, and if he did, I think Jeff Long's got to come under question as well. But, like, what are you holding on to Les Miles for? Like, you've been 1-16 in in Big 12 games over the past two years. If you fire him, you go 0-12. I mean, that's not much different than what you're going to do anyway. So is it worth enduring the bad PR? But I would fire him because, I mean – I can't say this because we haven't heard Les pu- really comment on this publicly, but based on the fact that he thinks he's going to defend himself here, I don't think he believes he did anything wrong. Like, I don't see contrition here. Like, it'd be one thing if Les did these things and, you know, it happened in 2013 and he came to KU and he said, yes, I've done this. You know, I didn't say anything because there was uh, this legal process that was in place and LSU fought to get these documents sealed but it was wrong, and I've learned from it, and I, I don't well, it, go to my way. You, would it make you feel better, then, if he did kind of what you're talking about right now and came out with one of those, I feel remorse for this, this happened, I apologize to my wife, you know, I apologize to everybody at the time, we kept it in-house, 
uh, I acted inappropriately, and I feel horrible about it. Yes. Would that make you feel a little bit less like? I mean, would you would you um, would you feel more toward maybe exercising whatever you want to say, grace, whatever? I mean, mm-hmm. there obviously there are players and coaches who have done worse, but this does feel inappropriate the way he, what he did. But was it mainly inappropriate to his own family? Or did he, does, does you know, and it sounds like with Aleva, I'll say that, Stephen, that's an interesting thing you brought up, that this stuff had been going on for a little bit. You know, it wasn't like, it's like he told him to stop it, and he kept going. Yeah, he said the in the email pat- that they told him not to text these student workers anymore and be alone with them, and he was still doing it, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I get a little bit, I just want to, you know, I, I, we try to keep it real here, Stephen, so I, I don't – it's not really fair to come on and act all appalled at, oh, he wanted attractive – he wanted attractive uh, recruiting women, young women, you know, undergrads that were attractive. Come on. Come on. That's, that's been going on for about 40 years now, 50 years. So that part of it, if we're going to be appalled by that, I don't think we're – I don't think we're keeping it real. I mean, I think that goes on in most programs in the country. Um. So you don't fire him for something like that, but what happens is all that stuff gets piled on on top of his inappropriate behavior. Yeah, no, I, I would fire him for using mentoring these women and you know saying that he's trying to help them in their career as a guise to get them alone and you know act inappropriately. It's inappropriate. You're in your 50s and you're, you know, hanging around with, I mean, it is, it is. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think we need to state it. We just, that's inherent. Okay, Stephen, uh, it is time. You think Mac wants to talk about all this? Mac, what do you think about it? What's 20 minutes less Mike's talk. Yeah, let's talk about LSU. No, no, no. We're not going to get into all that. Max, Mac's been through a lot of that uh, from what, you know, he inherited uh, at Baylor, but uh, he's done a great job. All right, here we go. Mac Rhodes, Baylor Athletic Director, is on Mosley and Simcox next. Baylor Baseball tonight with Derek Smith and Steve Jonigan here on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears open a four-game series with Memphis this evening at Baylor Ballpark. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor Baseball tonight. There's baseball on the Brazos tonight at Baylor Ballpark. And here on ESPN Central Texas. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchie Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchie Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchie Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchie Group at 1-800-258-8302. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647. 
or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access their programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. At Bush's Chicken, we understand how stressful life can be at times. There's work, getting kids to and from school, ball games, and other extracurricular activities. That's why we make ordering at Bush's Chicken quick and easy with the fastest drive through service you will ever experience. You can leave the cooking to us, save time, and still feed your family a solid meal. On your way home, stop by today and get the best chicken, the best tenders, and the best tea at the best value. Bush's Chicken, simply the best. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters with a question. If you had a very good friend with very bad breath and everyone knew it except him, wouldn't you tell him? I believe you would because it's part of the bro code. So now this same friend is driving a truck around town without a stitch of accessories. I mean, no step bars, no bed cover, no grill guard, totally naked. And he's unaware how embarrassing it is. Don't you owe it to him, bro to bro, to tell him he's driving around a new truck? The Pickup Outfitters, we think you do. And we're asking you to join the cause to end truck nudity in Central Texas, one bro at a time. So grab your buddy, ask him to get a beer with you, and break the news to him gently. Then show him all the possibilities for his truck on the Pickup Outfitters website. You can even bring him to Pickup Outfitters. As our thanks to your commitment to your bro, we'll even take the price of the beer off the ticket. Unless, of course, it's a light beer. Pickup Outfitters of Waco, we're here to help you and your bro on the web at createacommotion.com. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, Stephen Simcox, Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics, joining us now. Love it when Mac comes on. Stephen always uh, saves his best music for uh mac Rhodes, mac what are are you a it's great to have you back by the way are you a classic rock like if you ever in your office just have a moment to relax or need a little music um i would say i don't think you're a dave matthews guy would you go all the way did you ever have like a thrasher time in your life or were you where, where what was your what was your, kind of your go-to yeah, I, I so one i enjoy all types of music but if i had to pick one band to listen to it it'd be the eagles and i i would listen to them over and over and over again so that that would be my group all right i have seen the eagles in concert what was uh the i mean this is kind of like asking you to rank your favorite children but your is there a uh, is there a favorite uh, eagles song which one uh, hotel california is uh, easy you know uh which one uh, which one uh, stands out to you well, there there's a bunch of them, but probably my my favorite would be "Take It to the Limits." Randy Meisner singing vocals on that—it's um, pretty special. So, probably my favorite. All right. 
We'll, that'll become your uh, the music that you come on to when you maybe that. <laughs> we'll just that'll be your intro music. Um, but uh, well, listen, congratulations! Great to have you back on. A lot has happened since we last talked, but uh, uh, champions uh, in men's and women's basketball. It never gets old. Women do it every year, and you never want to take that for granted. And I know you don't. Uh, 11 in a row, but the men, obviously Kansas has uh, controlled this conference for many, many years, and the men doing this, and of course it's been just a crazy year for everyone, but still, no matter what, it just is an amazing uh, accomplishment when you factor in the history and everything that comes with it. I, I got it, you know, it has to be a, a kind of a remarkable feeling to to, to do this, to have both programs, Mac, do it. So congratulations to you. How does it, uh, how does that feel? Well, it, one, it feels, it feels terrific. It feels great, obviously. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so happy for our fans. I know it, it feels the same for, for them, but, uh, just proud of, proud of our coaching staffs, right? Both Kim and Scott and, uh, and our student athletes and, uh, just, uh, you know, special to, to think about, you know, uh, both your programs winning, winning regular season conference championships. I think, um, in, in the Big 12, um, it's been maybe 23 years since somebody has done that. So it's been a, been quite a, quite a long time. And, um, as you mentioned, you know, 11 consecutive re- regular season titles, um, for women's basketball, the, the longest active streak, uh, in the NCAA. And I think it's tied for fifth, for fifth. And so, um, you know this to win one is really really hard to to win eleven in a row and and um, uh, to have that type of of consistency on top is is amazing and you know you think about just the the elite programs the I'll use the word dynasty you know the UCLA's the the New England Patriots right and um, mm-hmm. very very similar and uh, and then. You know, let's think back what 18 years ago, and uh, and where the men's basketball program was, and just the the unbelievable job that that Coach Drew and his staff has has done, and and to be able to to win a, a conference championship, you know, the the first uh, in 71 one years, the the first outright in in 73 years, and um, man, just just phenomenal, and. Um, I can say that that West Virginia game, um, holy cow! One of the one of the better um, college basketball games that uh, that I've watched, and uh, just for our kids to have that that type of fortitude, you know, coming off COVID, uh, I was worried when it when it went into overtime. Certainly thought that was a, a big disadvantage for us, just just knowing that we were still working our way back into basketball shape, all of those things, but. Uh, but our kids found a way. So again, just really, really proud of uh, proud of both programs. Well, talking to Mac Rhodes, Baylor director of athletics. Where were you in 2003? I'll tell you where I was. I was covering that scandal for the for the Dallas Morning News, and so that was a, a, a crazy time. And people thought Scott Drew was really nuts for for taking that job at the time. So where which uh, which which of your stops was it? Uh, was that UTEP? Where were you in 2003? You you nailed it. I was at uh, I was at UTEP, and you know I believe we had hired Billy Gillespie to to uh, to run the basketball program there, and uh, 
but that's where that's where I was and and I remember I remember the the Baylor the Baylor story and and just and you know just cringing that wow you know how how does how does that happen and um and for for somebody right to uh to come in and and have a vision like like Scott did right for this program um and to just put the the number of years and just continuing to work at it work at it work at it um and and then finally to to end up as as conference champions um man amazing just a a great job and uh and again um continued continued great job by by Kim as well so you were uh, as i recall at that point you were that was one of the things under your guys uh, uh it was men's basketball at utep so you got a young billy clyde gillespie who had been on the baylor coaching staff at some point a few years i think before that and uh, what what was a what was a young Billy Clyde like? I, I would imagine that was a lot of fun. I, everybody knows Billy ended up going through a lot of stuff, and he's back coaching again, which is we had him on uh, recently back at Tarleton. So it's been a, a wild ride, obviously for Billy. But what was I, I just can't imagine what that was like. Uh, what, what was that? <laughs> I'm sure there was some fun moments. And I'm sure there were some uh, uh, cringing moments. I think just to to surmise, um, mostly mostly really good moments, and um, you know Billy at the time when we hired him was an assistant coach for Bill Self. They were at they were at Illinois, and we we actually made the change two weeks before the season started. And so when we were going through the search process, we were able to go to a practice and and watch him in in practice. But um, he was uh, he was like one of those Colts that you're that you're trying to break right and. Um, did a obviously did a did a phenomenal job at, at UTEP. I think first first year we won six, and and the next year we won one twenty eight. So um, it was uh, it was a fun time for UTEP for sure. You know that is talking to Mac Rhodes, Baylor director of athletics. When you look at your bio, um, you know obviously you became an AD. You had a you, you go to Akron. And and that's where you, I mean it really is interesting, Mac. I mean football drives everything. We all know that, but you, you that's in your DNA. I mean you're the way you were brought up, uh, Arizona undergrad. I mean that uh, loot and the whole thing. I mean that, that is a uh, uh, basketball is in your blood. So it does seem uh, appropriate that uh, you have uh, uh, now. You know, obviously Baylor had success before you got there, but now they have the ultimate success of both programs. Um, what is, I mean, what is it about hoops that just kind of is in your blood and, and why is it, uh, been so important to you over the years? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I love them both. I love both football and, and, and basketball. Um, you know, and I've, I don't know when, when I think about how many head football coaches versus head basketball coaches I've hired, it's, it's probably equal, but you know, I've, I've always had a, a love for basketball. As you mentioned, I've been at basketball schools. When you think about UTEP and the great name, Don Haskins, the, the late Don Haskins, the hall of famer, the, the Iba tree and, and uh, got to be very, very close with, with coach, um, learned so much from him. You know, I was at Marquette Marquette again, another, you know, basketball school, um, you know, and then, you know, Houston, and you think about five slam jamma and, and guy Lewis and, um, uh, so just been at a, at a at a lot of really really good places, 
really, really good basketball, basketball in, institutions. So I've got great, great passion for the, for the game and, um, just been around a really a lot of, a lot of great people. And then, you know, to, to land here at, at Baylor where, um, you not just have one, but you have both, both your men's and women's programs just at, at an elite level, uh, great coaches, um, Again, I just I've been blessed to be around a, a lot of really really good people. Yeah, I'm almost. I don't know if we should go back to in person recruiting. By the way, uh, now the, the women <laughs> obviously have been recruiting great forever. But basketball, you know, we're known kind of as developmental. You, but this incoming class that they that most of these kids have never been to campus, Mac. It's like the number three or four recruiting class in the country so it is kind of funny how that works i mean i i I love our campus and i think the kids will enjoy it when they come but isn't that interesting that you you may have one of the greatest classes in baylor history and these kids have never come to campus so i i don't mean that as (laughs) that sounds kind of a backwards type compliment or something but i i i think that speaks to our coaches and uh, the coaching staff and, and what they're able to convey uh, when you just kind of have a person-to-person type relationship, and and you have to do that virtually. Well, you know what, it, it, Matt, it's a great point, and um, and I could talk about this specific topic for forever. But um, you know, we 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 talk about winning with people, right, all the time, and and we know that that facilities you know, resources, recruiting budgets, you know, gear, all of those things are, are, are certainly an important piece of, of recruiting. But, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really about people. And I think because we haven't been able to have, you know, official, unofficial visits, right, our people have really stood out, right? And it's been less about um, – the, the ancillary things, right? Like I said, the, the locker rooms and the weight rooms and, and the gear and the load, but it's, it's been more about just forming relationships and, and, and interacting with, with people. And, um, and I say this in a really, really humble way, but, but I'll take our, our people over, over and er, everyone, right? Um, I just think we've got, got great people. We're, we're, we're certainly, and I, I say this often, we're not perfect, but, um, but we've got some really, really special people and um and i think because some of those other things were eliminated it it really uh made you made you focus and um and i also think that uh you, you got to a deeper level in terms of just getting to to really know the the student athletes that that you were recruiting and and vice versa that the student athletes had the opportunity to get to get to know the the coaches at a deeper level so it's been it's been really good for baylor uh you know, Scott obviously has done a great job and, and, uh, coach Aranda has done a great job and, uh, Kim continues to do a great job, all of our sport, sport programs. So again, I, I think it, uh, it aligned with our strengths, um, which, uh, is, has been people and, and will always be people. All right. In the, in the basketball pavilion, uh, if, uh, if the Bears go ahead and win like double national titles, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I mean they're they're going to be in the running. We would take one, two would be seems like we're getting a little greedy, but I mean I I I halfway serious about this though. Obviously they have a chance. Would that would something like that jumpstart the? I mean everything's been pushed back. I'm sure a little bit by all the pandemic and my gosh y'all had to cut cost and it's been crazy. I'm sh- the revenue 
changed. So the whole timetable, I would assume, has been pushed back on the pavilion. Is there any sense that, and I you know, you hate to put that kind of pressure and go, hey, by the way, guys, if y'all win a national title, we can get this thing built by next winter. But where, where, where? How does that all work? Do you think from a rep, from a fundraising standpoint and all that, could something like that jumpstart and maybe even reset the timetable a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could. Um, there's, there's no doubt in my mind in terms of the momentum it, it, it would create, right? We've continued to, to design and, you know, quite frankly, you know, realistically, the, the, because of COVID, um, it's, it's put, you know, a 12 month pause, right? And so, um, you know, you're now, uh, when you thought you were going to break ground, right, is, it's probably been, uh, extended by, by 10 to 12 months. Um, but if something like that were to happen, Matt, um, it's a great question. Uh, I think there would be, you know, a lot of momentum and, and potentially a way to, to even, you know, break ground sooner, sooner rather than later. Okay, good. I, I got that down. We'll, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll kind of start uh, doing some so rain just, making. Yeah, let's just go win two national championships. So how about that? <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Now, the uh, uh, softball, baseball. Here's what I'm, I'm I'm interested in. You you made a good statement the other day about the uh, how you you know you weren't going to. The governor said, okay, no mask mandate, hundred percent open, and I, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing here? Um, what do you do? You see a time perhaps as more and more people get we get into the spring a little bit, get into the conference schedule. Will there be like softball, baseball, for instance? Could you see it, Mac? And I know it's hard to. You just, we don't exactly know how this thing's going to go week to week, but if everything keeps going well, you see it going to like fifty to seventy-five percent attendance. I mean, I we do you think we'll probably still enforce the mask rule throughout the rest of the season? Where are we on on that kind of thing? Given what the governor came out and said, yeah, you know, it's it's been an interesting dynamic because we're caught right in the middle, right? We've got, you know, uh, probably 50% of our, of our folks, you know, too conservative, right? We need to quit wearing masks and we need to increase, you know, capacity. And then, and then we have a, another 50% that, that think differently that, you know, we, we need to stay a course, need to stay at 25%, need to, need to, uh, you know, um, remain wearing masks. Right. And so, We'll we'll continue to, to to walk down the path alongside the university and uh, and make sure that um, you know we're we're in conjunction and, and working together. Um, you know, I think for now, as as the statement read, right, there's there's no plans of of changing, but but we also want to have you know Matt some some common sense about it, and um, as as we you know, learn a little bit more as, as a little bit of time goes on. And when I say learn a little bit more, you know, the vaccine and, and how many people are vaccinated and, you know, are the numbers beginning to, to, to go down? We'll, we'll have some, some common sense about how we, we make a decision with, with baseball and, and, and softball. Um, I envision us getting to, to 75%, 100%. Um, with either venues, I, I do not. But you know, could we could we get to, to the fifty percent mark? Because I think we can still do that in, in social distance and um, and probably still wear masks. Um, we're we're open to that. Not ready to to, to do anything like that. Um, but uh, that that certainly could 
could be a possibility here in the future. Is is a packed McLean Stadium uh, for one of those big home games, Texas coming in or whoever, uh, is that a – uh, is a full house in your mind? Are you? Is that a possibility in the fall? Are, are you? I know you're an optimistic person. Uh, I, I guess what I'm saying, you haven't ruled that out, have you? Uh, we we haven't. We sure hope so. Um, you know, we, we're hoping at minimum. You know, we're at a place with the pandemic um, that that at a minimum we're at we're at seventy five percent, and at a maximum, obviously a hundred percent. So. We're hopeful. Um, we're going to continue to think and and uh, and plan and uh, plan for that that range between the the seventy five percent and hundred percent. So, um, my gosh, I, I I hope I hope we're there and um, we're gonna we're gonna do everything in our in our in our power, right? The things that we can control to 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 try to get there. Well, you've done a great job. Y'all, y'all have been through a lot, like a lot of schools have, and and uh, this has been a, a year unlike any other. And uh, great stuff today, Mac. Always fun uh, having you on. And uh, again, congratulations on all the success. And uh, let's, uh, you know, might as well go win a Big Twelve uh, tournament championship, and then and then both teams uh, go rolling into the tournament. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Matt, and um, no, thank you, and uh, just thrilled that you're back on the air. Um, radio and um, uh, is, is so much better when, when you're on the air, and uh, just thankful that, uh, that you're feeling better and that, uh, and that you're recovering, you've recovered, you're still in, prog- uh, in process, but uh, just great to hear your voice on, uh, on the air. So appreciate, appreciate you and, and, all your, and all your support. That means a lot, Mac Rhodes. Uh, a great, a great person, and, and the right man to lead the uni- uh, university in athletics through all this. And there he goes, Mac Rhodes, uh, uh, joining us on Mosley and Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. JMO, I've, I've eating into his show, is standing by. My apologies, but we had we had Mac Rhodes. We needed to delve into that. Uh, JMO standing by. John Morris show two to three is next. <laughs> 